Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Elite Nights with Komoto Miso. Every Friday and Saturday from 6 to 9 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. It's Kaya FM 95.9, the Gollywood story. We've had this young lady mm. on our show before uh, when she dropped uh, Nadia Naked. But now I think we, you know, we deserve a catch up. We deserve to know what's been going on with you. A lot of things have been happening on TV. Um, there's a Gen Z that's currently happening and then there's also Naked Room that happened. So Nadia Nakai is in the studio. Yay, you doing? I'm good. How are you? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I'm right? so happy you invited me. Oh over. no, super, super. So what's been happening? How did Naked Room, by the way, start? Naked Room actually started during lockdown. Yeah. Um, lockdown happened last year. It's so March. I yeah. still call um, COVID Pisces <laughs> yes. because it started in March. Yes. Anyway, um, and I was like, I was thinking of like innovative ways to still continue generating content and making money. Sure. And um, I decided to work on Naked Room. I shot it in my living room because obviously there's no one else where mm. we could do it. I got an alcohol sponsor. Shout out to House Wine. Yeah. And then they came through and I thought it was really dope because every time I've been interviewed by a fellow peer as opposed to an, an interviewer, no distance. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow, like when you're comfortable with people that you've known for so long, you open up so much 100%. more. So I thought the naked room, the naked truth, it would be really dope to have some of my peers come through and I interview them. And it was so amazing because yeah. they really yeah. divulged a lot of personal stuff about yeah. them. So, but how was it being on the other side? Because as much as you thought they would get a bit more naked with you, mm. it must be some kind of a mind shift that you are not giving the answers. You almost have to check all the time that you're mm. not talking more than they are because now you're the presenter and you are no longer at the person who's been interviewed 100 and also i was the producer of the show yeah. so i have a newfound respect for people that do tv the people that do what you do i'm sorry i was late today because <laughs> yeah, you weren't there it's so bad <laughs> you have no idea it's so bad and you know like when you have a sponsor on, blo on board you have to deal with clients yeah. and stuff like that and that's normally not my 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 realm yeah. normally that's my manager or whatever but i had to be really hands-on because i was the producer yeah and the creator and I remember a client was on, on set at my house that day and I had a really dope um, big artist that was supposed to be scheduled to come that day and he cancelled on me 15 minutes before. Ouch! I've done my makeup, I was sitting, Ouch. I was waiting and there's no option. I can't get a replacement. Client she had to pack their stuff up and go back home. That stuff is so stressful yeah. and dealing with their expectations and my expectation, dealing mm. with channel, being able to submit the, the episodes and making sure that on they get time. approved on quality control and get back and forth and getting the codes <laughs> and oh my gosh, there's so much that goes into making TV yeah. that I have a newfound respect for it. So yeah, yeah it, was, it was very difficult. I, I can imagine because I think that's what we always speak about even when we go on Twitter and we're ranting we're like, oh, yeah. these people, they don't understand. Mm. And then you guys have managers that are also difficult. Yeah, man. You know, it's like you're dealing with two personalities and we already understand that you guys have got like ridiculous schedules, yeah. right? We already get that. And then when the manager also has a ridiculous schedule, we are like, I'm telling you now, what must where we must do? we go? Where must we go? It's, it's something really... But let's rewind a bit back. How was your come up? I mean, this industry is known to be something else. Yeah. You know, but how was your come up? How was your come up being inducted into the hip hop fraternity? You're a lady. You know, you get to meet the likes of Casper and you get into the family tree. How was your come up? My come up um, was a lot more difficult, I think, because there weren't a lot of girls. There's a lot of girls now, I'm not saying that it makes it easier for them, mm. but back then, my class of the girls that came up, it was a lot harder to get on the stages. It was a lot harder to get your music played on, on radio. It was a lot harder to, to even get collaborations, mm. or even to be asked to be featured on a lot of songs. And um, you really had to like 
push and push and push and knock on a million doors. And the nice thing about um, working with Family Tree and Casper was I learned so much because he is a guy. He's a big artist, one of the biggest artists in, on the continent. And I was able to use that heavyweightness yeah. to be able to bully myself yeah. into certain situations that I deserve to be in but mm. because I was a girl it might not have come as easy yeah. you know and um, I think because of that and I'm not even talking about just myself alone I keep referring to my class of, of female rappers that came up with me um, because of us I think the new generation that's coming out, the Gen Z generation, mm. is really not saying they're getting things a lot easier, but I think they're getting celebrated a lot more yeah. because of the accomplishments that we were able yeah. to achieve in our time and continue to achieve throughout our careers. I mean, the fact that some of us are able to buy our houses yeah. and drive amazing cars and start businesses and start other businesses and sell out um, clothing ranges and travel overseas for your music, travel to other African countries. A lot of opportunities have come for us and it's, it's been hard. Yeah. It has. What keeps you going? Because I, I know, uh, I'm so impatient. It's, it's not a positive, it's not a trade I should be boasting about, yeah. but I'm impatient. Mm. What kept you going? Because I feel like if I knock on the same door 10 times, something says maybe that door is not for you. Maybe yeah. just move on from that door, knock next door. What kept you going? What kept you um, stuck? I don't want to say stuck, but what kept you steadfast on your path to being this amazing female rapper? Oh, excuse me. What was that? that Sorry. That, that, that. <laughs> do it, do it. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, what definitely kept me going was, I'm not going to say that even in the, t the turmoil and the hardness of what I was doing, one, I have a passion for it, so there's no other option for me. Mm. Two, it's not like I never got pats on the back. I did, even though there was, I still had my small wins that motivated mm. me. I still had those accomplishments that might have not been monumental in my mm. career that still kept me going because it's like, if I can get this, then I can definitely get that. Yeah. If I can do this, then I can definitely do that. If I can be here, then I can definitely be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there was definitely always something that was um, willing to be celebrated and definitely motivated me in my career. Is there a conversation around these closed doors, even amongst female rappers, or even mm. female to male rappers? Is there a conversation around what is this gatekeeping? What is this closed door scenario that is so hard on the female um, yeah. a, um, star than it is on the male counterpart? I mean, I know that our world is is is, is like that. Yeah. I know it's crafted like that. I know that it is easier for men. You know, I do know that. But are there any conversation happening within the hip hop fraternity? around the conversations of these locked doors sometimes they don't even just close they're locked i don't know if there is conversations because i'm not a person that's trying to have conversations with my peers you know <laughs> i don't know like I just, i'm not trying to kumbaya with people yeah. like you on your own train i'm on my own train and to to be honest i feel like there's gatekeepers yes but work so hard to a point where they can't ignore you mm. there's there's no door that is deserving for you that will stay closed forever it's mm. going to get to a point where they're going to have to open that yeah. door because you've become that much of a force mm. you become that much of a hard worker your reputation surpasses you i honestly feel like that's what happens and and also having a learning spirit also helps that thing i'm not walking into rooms thinking i know everything mm. i'm learning from every person that i meet every single day and i think that is what inspires a lot of people in the industry so i personally have had negativity towards me in the industry that is annoying yeah but I know, I then think, okay, so if I can't win this conversation, I'm going to go there and win that conversation. Yeah. So if an essay, they don't want to put me on lists or give me my awards, okay, then I'm going to go to Africa. Sure. And I'm going to have those conversations there. Yeah. And I'll have those conversations, I'll be on those lists, and I'll win those awards. I'll yeah. get those accomplishments. There's so many doors. Keep it moving. I'll go to the next door. Like you said, this door doesn't open, I'll go to the next one. I don't think there's anyone that's powerful enough to 
close a door on the whole industry in the whole world. Yeah. If I get closed today here, what's the next step? Yeah. Okay, where am I going? Which house am I going into? Because <laughs> this house is crazy. Yeah. You know, um, but I don't think, to answer your question, I don't think there's a conversation that's being had with the guys mm. about the females in the industry. I think a conversation is happening with the women, mm. the female DJs, the female playlists, the female producers on television, the female rappers, the female vocalists. They're having conversations. That's why you have like Shikana doing her rose yeah. Gigi the main had a Gigi show sure, yeah. and had a whole bunch of girls come through. Miss Cosmo is one advocate for female collaborations. Most, most if not all, mm. of her songs have female artists on, 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 the, on, on the track and on her lineups and all that. So I think it's a conversation mainly with girls. Mm. And honestly, I think we have the most power to actually make the change, yeah. to be honest with Cause you. Because that's what I thought the Kumbaya would do. Yeah. I thought that would, that, that would be the purpose it serves, that... If we are a group and we are talking in one voice, and it does not have to be that we agree in absolutely everything. You cannot agree with everyone, even your loved ones. You don't agree yeah. with everything they do, right? But I thought that if there was almost like a movement happening, then even the knocks become lesser. Yeah. You know, like you said, um, your class of female rappers, as much as you don't want to say it made it easier, but it definitely took down the knocks. Yeah. You know, if, if there were 10 knocks per female, maybe they're now at eight. Yeah. And then the next <coughs> generation will be at six until we get to a point where it is a knock. If it's a yes, it's a yes. If it's a no, it's a no. You yeah. know what I mean? So I thought that Kumbaya thing would work for you. I think the Kumbaya thing has to work on different levels. It can't just work as Kumbaya as female artists. It doesn't work like that. It works with, like, when I got the opportunity to open up for Chance the Rapper with Castle Light. Yeah. I walked into that boardroom and there were three women there. Yeah. And I know, not to take away from the men that were there, but I know that the women were most likely my biggest advocates in 100%, that boardroom. 100%. You know? And I think the Kumbaya has to come with women in different um, industries. It can't just be hip-hop female artists because when you're knocking on the door, the boardroom is filled with men. Yeah. They're not going to hear anything. You, they don't, they you don't also care. go there, your guard is up now. 100%. You might even do or say things that you were not supposed to do because you feel like, I'm walking into a war zone. Exactly. Yeah. And they might not be as receptive to our narratives as women because they don't understand it. 100%. Whereas if you have women that are in that business, they are custodians yeah. of that career and they're in the boardroom they fought a battle they fought well. a battle for you yeah. they fought a battle before yeah. you even walked into the boardroom yeah. so even with sports scene and the the lady that runs the tier not all of tht but my um range yeah. whatever is a female mm. the lady that's head of social media is a female and i know that they will always understand my perspective when they're in the boardrooms and i can't defend myself in those mm. in those moments so i think the kumbaya really has to be with all women in all like job titles, yeah. it's like the stakeholders of this company we call here. Yes, hundred percent. All of them have all to. Of them have yeah, to. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. I'm with you. So I want to talk about nakedness for a bit. Yeah. Um, I know there's a song of yours. I think it is creatures because I'm like a big fan of creatures. Mm. Um, just because I'm <coughs> naked, I'm not gonna open my thighs. Yeah. Was it a conscious decision? to be more sexy, to be more, you know, more yeah. naked um, than, I don't know, maybe an R&B star, you yeah. know? Was it a conscious decision or you just got brought up maybe with that type of hip hop, so for you, it was like not even a thing? Um, I don't, I'm not gonna say that I didn't have influences. I think I just grew up and just became a woman. Yeah. And I was a woman that was very proud of my femininity, my sexuality, very in touch with that and not thinking, not attesting it to um, a fear. 
in a sense of if I dress this way, if I portray myself this way, then I deserve to get beat up or raped or whatever the mm -hmm. case is. It was a more of an expression and emancipation of myself and the women that listened to my music as sure. well. So it wasn't a, like a marketing strategy. You like, were not trying to get raunchy. No, no, no. no. It wasn't yeah. a discussion in our studio <laughs> yes. session. Like, Nadia, okay. No, bums, yeah. <laughs> no, it was never that. It just was me enjoying getting my hair done and my nails done and my face done and my edges laid and wearing sexy clothing mm. and being comfortable in my skin and performing with shiny um, leotards mm. or whatever the case is because the light really reflects well. Yeah. It, it was always something that I just enjoyed and loved. And um, people resonated with it and some people didn't. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Yeah. I think a lot of people would DM me and say, no, you made me so comfortable in my skin and so comfortable in the way that I am. And, also the double standards of a lot of American artists, because I mean, Cardi B's got a whole music video where she's butt naked, yeah. and she's literally got her nipples like covered. Yeah. And that was always celebrated. Yeah. But Nadia and Akai will twerk in a, in, a, in a jacuzzi, and it's like, oh my gosh, she's selling sex. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Guess what, my friend, too? <laughs> of course I'm gonna use what I have to sell yeah. my music. I'm gonna use absolutely everything. If I got a big booty, I'm gonna use it. <laughs> If I got nice hair, I'm gonna use it. If I got a Casper your vest behind me, I'm gonna use him. <laughs> These are the things I have. Use what you got. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm gonna use it till it runs dry. 100%. You can't be mad about me. You, you, you cannot. And I suppose <coughs> the constant policing is what gets mm. annoying, even if it doesn't deter you, but it gets annoying because I think there's such a bigger conversation to have that if you don't want sex, to sell that much, then stop going gaga over booty. 100%. If you treat booty like anatomy of any other part of my body, mm. then you're not going to obsess over it and mm. you're not going to feel so offended because I think a lot of people get offended by nakedness. Yeah. Like, we are too much. Yeah. When's you're actually matter? asking for it now. Yeah, yeah. Now you are asking for it. Yeah. I, I want to tap that because I, I would see even on a, a random person will post like a picture where they're really sexy and naked. Yeah. And a person will be like, yeah, I would like to. I'm like, but it's not an invitation. It's not an invitation. It's a celebration of my back. hundred percent. Not your invite. But you know, like, I want to defend a few people because, like, yes, the issue is with men. The issue is men need to understand that when a woman is dressed a certain way, it's not about you. It's mm -hmm. got nothing to do with you. But I remember when I was on tour years ago, and um, there was a guy that tried to grab my ass. Jeez. He didn't even connect. <laughs> Do you know how many of the family tree brews went into that guy? <laughs> went into that guy. Even so afterwards, I was just like, I don't know what happened. It happened so fast. I don't even know why. No, 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 no. Wait. I was coming for you. Yeah. The way they defended me, I literally just found myself lifted onto the bus. Then the bruise turned around <laughs> and beat the bejesus <laughs> out of that guy. And I didn't even know what was going on. Yeah. And he explained to me afterwards, like that guy touched your ass, and I'm like. I don't know. Mm. Then my ex-manager Bash was like, I think it was Bash or yeah. Tseho, someone was just like, no, Tseho was fighting them also. Yeah. Was like, yo, I think that guy got beat up for nothing. Then, then Spike was like, no, he got beat up for the intention I of what he was trying to, to say, do. Was it Spike? It was Spike. Spike. I know Spike. It was Spike <laughs> and Pepper and Tseho, they all went in. Good. And they were like, we beat him up for the intention of what mm. he was doing. Even if he didn't touch you, the fact that his hand was going to, mm. no. Why? We stop, why, no, why, don't. Why are you that invasive? Exactly. Yeah, why are you that invasive? I didn't even have to say, what, what, we, where, wow. No, you no, no. You don't say, ah. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, you know, because and I that mean, happens a lot with me. A lot yeah. of the, the people that I have around me, the people that you'll see me celebrate on my social medias that I'm out with all my friends, I always feel comfortable with them. I never feel compromised because mm. they look after me like that. And I know that there's terrible men out here as yeah. well. But I just want to say that there are some good men also. Yeah. You know? And, and I suppose that is the greater conversation. Every time we talk about GBV, it's the conversation on how it gets more inclusive. Mm. Um, uh, yes, you, you can agree that even other men feel like men are trash. Yeah. You can agree that for a generalization purpose, that hashtag works. Mm. You know, but I think there is a greater conversation to be had around how we as a society can really be behind GBV mm. and guard against it as opposed to just, you know, alienate certain people. Yeah. You know, miss an opportunity to educate because I think sometimes we do miss that opportunity. And I get it. No. Tempers go high. Yeah. If somebody comes here and calls you a B, you are going to educate them nine months later. 100%. At that moment, you, you are reacting to something. Yeah, 100%. And that men are trash, I completely hear your analogy of yeah. it, it, it works because, yes, it's a generalization, but there's a lot of men sure. that are, you know, they live under that, that hashtag. And, you know, I've seen so many people that are in relationships with people that they trusted and they're involved in situations that they shouldn't be involved in with men that they, be, they, they believe were supposed to protect yeah. them. That's why I feel like sometimes it's so crazy that um, you could feel safer with someone that's a stranger <laughs> than a person that you, you have sex with yeah. and you lay your head at night yeah. with and you cry on their shoulders yeah. and you confine in them. Those are the ones that most likely are going to drag you across the floor and Imagine. you know do a whole bunch yeah. of stuff to you or force themselves on you or whatever the case is because of the mental manipulation that they've done on you over years mm. to get to a point where they feel like they can get away with it. Yeah. And, and, and for us constantly being around men, I think that is a conversation that we honestly continuously need to engage in. Don't shy away from it just because it's a bunch of men and they feel like you are hurting me by calling me trash. You yeah. know? Don't be as scared to engage because the more we engage, the more we see each other's point of view. 100%, you, know, you are not 100% right. I'm yeah. not 100% right. So we can only be 100 when we continue to engage. Yeah. yeah. So you dropped, I think it was last year sometime, the deluxe version yes. of uh, um, Nadia, Nadia Naked. Naked. Yeah. Why? It was locked down again. So <laughs> Hey, lockdown kept you Lockdown kept me busy. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. Honestly, twenty twenty was a very productive year for me. Yeah. Very, very productive. One of the most productive years of my whole career, basically. Yeah. Because I went down and I was like, Okay, I'm not gonna stay down. I'm mm. going to really push and try make something out of this moment. And um so yeah, so I worked on the music. I did like a visual album video thing for the I think I added about four new yeah. songs and one international feature which is Vic Mensa who I shot the video with recently now in Ghana, which is also really dope. And I was like, I have to release stuff. I don't want people to think that we're defeated as artists because we're all crying. We're all yeah. like, no one, the government's not looking after mm. artists. Um, they're all getting billions, 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 the billions, billions, billions. And they blew it in two days. Exactly. <laughs> and it didn't go missing. Didn't it go missing? <laughs> some, some, at one they point. blew it in two days. That's what I'm saying. saying. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and, the, and the creative sector, I'm not getting any mm. of the aids as much as we applied for it and did a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. When I don't know anybody that actually received any either. aid from that, yeah. you know? So I was like, I'm not going to let this defeat us. I'm not going to let this feel like we're uninspired, especially for myself. And it was definitely low, low, high key, very depressing. Mm. And um, yeah, I think I was just motivated to just keep the spirits high for myself and everyone else that's in my network. Yeah. What did COVID teach you? Um, and I think maybe even Naked Room was part of the, the, the learnings. But what did it teach you in terms of 
adapting because a lot of us struggled with the adaptation. So yeah. even people breaking curfew rules or even COVID protocols, I don't think they're going out and saying, I want to be an outlaw. No. You know? <laughs> it's really the, the struggle to adapt to a new normal. 100%. I think the one thing that I learned personally was financial stability. I think a lot of us in the, in the entertainment sector were living check by check, mm. thinking that we were able to do this for the rest of our lives. Not realizing that we need to invest, we need to save, we need to think of rainy days, things that our parents did mm. when they were our age. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's crazy because my mom had always been on my back of my head. No, And I was like, I'll get there, I'll get there. <coughs> so Mama, let me live my life. Let me live my life, I'll get there, I've got time, I've got time. You know, I'm making so much money, I'm good, I'm good, this money's going to keep coming in. And I was like, I wish I, I did my financial management a lot better, which I've now taught myself to do a lot better, like getting a broker that deals with stuff like that, um, an accountant that deals with my financials and making sure that I'm paying SARS and all of that to make sure that, because I know that for a fact that those relief funds were not going to be paid out to artists that weren't paying tax. 100%. And a lot of artists didn't get that. Mm. They thought you're just going to get a relief fund just because you're an artist. Mm. No, you get a relief, you're, you qualify for a relief fund if you've been paying tax. Yeah. And I know a lot of people aren't. So that's why I was like, okay, I need to really make sure that my stuff is in order, really make sure that my books are good. And um, yeah, that was a learning curve as an individual, as a citizen of South yeah. Africa. Yeah. What are you doing to make yourself secure? Yeah. That's what I really had to learn. And uh, going forward, I mean, I see you a lot on TV now. You've had the Naked Room. Yeah. Now you're busy with the Gen Z. Was that always a plan? I know with Naked Room, not so much because you were trying to diversify your space. Yeah. Uh, but was that the plan or did Gen Z happen because Naked Room happened? Um, I think I'm sure it had an influence on in it because before I did Gen Z, I, I hosted a show on MTV called mm -hmm. Your MTV Raps of School. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was also very successful and it was also not a very high budget show. And um, I don't know, they never told me that's the reason, mm. but I'm sure it had an influence. Yeah. And it's not like I'm leaving music behind, like I said, offline, I'm going to always be making music, but I don't think this is the climate for me to be dropping new songs personally. One, because... I'm a piano is being very dominant right now in our industry. And two, it's difficult to be able to promote your music as a hip-hop artist if you can't do shows, you can't do pop-up concerts, you can't do stuff like that to be able to promote your music. And I can't because obviously I have to listen to the regulations of COVID yeah. and the pandemic. So um, TV is something that I'd always dabbled in. And I'm like, okay, when I got the opportunity, I was like, definitely, I'd love to because one, it is a lot more secure. Two, it's less hostile. Three, it's less toxic and pressure on myself because music... I think a lot of artists are dealing with mental health issues because I went through serious depression and serious anxiety because of what I was dealing with personally, what I was dealing with globally with the pandemic and what I was dealing with as an industry and where hip-hop was standing yeah. at the moment. And I had to find something to, fi to find my center and get better at looking after my mental health, mm. if you know what I mean, mm. and how to be happier yeah. and get myself out of the conversations I was having with myself. Yeah. And um, TV has definitely given me a bit more of an anchor right now because before my anchor was shows, yeah. I was always happy when I went out of town and performed in Valcom or whatever mm. the case is, but that's gone now. I can't mm. do that anymore. So my anchor was completely non-existent. Yeah. So I'm trying to find that now in TV. Yeah. And, and how, do you, how do you get, I mean, yes, you can have TV as an anchor, as a stick that you can lean on to, but how do you get outside of your head? Because outside of what the conversations you are having with yourself, mm. there's then this group of people, fans, that are constantly singing your praises. Yeah. And, and you are like, 
Did you see that I didn't even wake up today? <laughs> and no. you are out here telling me that, yeah. go, go, blow it up. You are phenomenal. And I'm like, which part of me is phenomenal? Because yeah. I'm out here crying my eyeballs out. Yeah. And the rest of the world is singing praises. For what exactly? Yeah. Well, I've never not have self-love. So even if I'm going through the most, I know who the hell I am, Good. you know? So I know like when I'm getting praise, I get where it's coming from and I appreciate it and it helps. But it's not even about what the fans are saying to me. It's about the conversations I have with myself. Where even with that, I can still find a negative situation, you know? And I think it's a girl thing <laughs> also because we just, we create issues. Overthinkers. Overthinkers. Yeah. You know, and I think the main thing is like my fans... I love how they support me so much, but it's more my intimate circle, like my manager, my best friend, my family, how they reinforce um, or like feeding my soul positivity and getting rid of worry because worry is the reason for anxiety, getting rid or making me feel more secure in myself as an individual. Yeah. That helps a lot. Did you ever feel like you were losing your essence any, at, at, at any point in your career, um, whether it was during the come up or whether it was when the blow up happened? Did you ever felt, feel like I'm losing my nadiness? Because you say you've got self-love. Yeah. So I'm trying to see if there was ever a point where it felt like, where is my Nadia? Where is the Nadia I love? Outside of all the, the euphoria around yeah. me, where is me? I definitely, I am in a better place now in finding yeah. who Nadia is. I definitely was um, lost a couple, like a few years back. I think mm -hmm. when I was in a relationship because it took so much out of me and took so much away from me and the individuals that I think I was around were contributing to how low I felt, mm -hmm. you know? So once I got away from certain um, situations and certain people, I found myself getting a lot happier I found myself um, finding the Nadia that was in 2016 mm -hmm. and the one that was very sure of herself and getting her confidence back and, and really just believing in herself again. And um, that's why it's so important to, to get to a point in your life where you don't need people to reassure you. You are your own reassurance. Yeah. And I think I was in a situation where I looked for reassurance from people that didn't want me to be. Yeah. Um, the bright star. Yeah, yeah too you were too bright. I was, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think yeah. I was too bright. I was yeah. too confident. I was yeah. too sure of myself. And I think it was threatening to a few people. And it caused um, a lot of breakage towards my self-esteem and my confidence. Yeah. Which I'm working at getting back now. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you're in a play better place. Because yeah. you have gotten back at least a whole lot of it. Yes. I think speaking to, to who you are always needs you to know who you are because you, you cannot speak true to Nadia unless you know who Nadia is mm. so getting back Nadia will never be easy if you are not even sure who Nadia, who Nadia is, is. 100%. Uh, yeah how did family tree happen by the way family tree happen is crazy because um when I was in varsity there's a guy named Bash who used to manage me and we were part of Feel the Dream music with Ganja Beats and whatever. Mm. And then we went our separate ways. He dumped me. <laughs> I mean, bash, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went our separate ways. Yeah. And then I signed to Sypho. I'm Sid Records and I worked yeah. there for a bit. And then I remember me and Sid Records parted ways because he had a big, amazing job mm -hmm. opportunity, which he still does at Mnet or DSTV. And then I was like, okay, cool. So we separated amicably. Then I bumped into Bash. Bash was um, Casper's photographer now. He joined Family Tree. Ah, so it is Bash Vision. I think yeah. you said on my phone as Bash Vision. Yeah, okay, okay, Bash okay. Vision. Yeah. So then we were in, I remember we had a gig in Zimbabwe, and that's when I used to like travel with like by myself with my music on a flash because I didn't even have a DJ. I didn't have a record label. <laughs> I didn't have nothing. 
And then I bumped into them at the airport. And I was like, you know, I was familiar with Bash because Bash used to manage me. Mm. And then I was like, yo, this is what I want to do and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, cool. And I spoke to Casper and TV and all of them at the airport. And then a few months later, I think, I, I think we're still in the same year. I got a call from Bash and Bash was like, let's have a meeting. I've had a conversation with the boys and they're really open to signing you. Mm. So I remember we met up at a restaurant, we spoke about it and I was like, I'm totally down because I'm looking for a new team. It would be great to work with Casper. Mm. And Casper and I always used to bump into each other at studio when I was in varsity because we used to record at the same studio with mm. Ganja Beats. So I was familiar with him. And he did a song with my ex-boyfriend. So yeah. I knew him. And then, um, yeah, and then I joined Family Tree and then I was working with Bash and the team and then um, Bash left and I continued working with the team and I guess we haven't stopped. Do you have any plans to leave Family Tree? I have plans to grow. I don't think it's a thing of me leaving Family Tree. I don't think I'd ever leave and say, I have officially left Family Tree. I don't think it will ever be that. Yeah. But I think growing in a sense of doing my own things musically, um, do, starting my own businesses in the music sphere, yeah. um, working with different people. And, um, and I know that there'll always be support there because it's not like our relationship was always a family-orientated thing. It wasn't to get monetary value. It wasn't, Casper wasn't helping me because he was getting money out of me. He was helping me because he wanted to progress my career. Yeah. If you are a superstar, how much more difficult it is to manage other upcoming superstars? He's not managing. <laughs> no, no, when I, when I mean manage, I mean... <coughs> so, I always make this example of Jay-Z, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, he's got Rock Nation and he's got a gang load of artists under him. Yeah. I always imagine the internal battle mm. of, but I'm the superstar, yeah. you know, and I am the biggest superstar. Yeah. I mean, I am Rock Nation, you know yeah. what I mean? I always wonder if that also plays an insecurity role in people that do come in. So not even on him, mm. on people that do come in. Did you ever feel like I would have to live in his shadow somehow? Because he is family tree. A hundred percent. And I think it's also why we've worked so well because I'm a woman as well. We didn't have ego battles. Mm -hmm. I allowed him to, I, I didn't want to battle him in that superstardom. Yeah. He was the superstar and I was okay with that. Mm -hmm. And I think it definitely was a case of me being a shadow in an instant, um, in, in a way. But I was okay to humble myself because I knew that I hadn't accomplished the stuff that he did. Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to have multi-platinum albums mm -hmm. and sell out stadiums, not just shows, and, yeah. and do the things he did. That I was okay to humble myself and say, you are the star. I'm yeah. not trying to be as big as you and bigger than you now. I know it's going to happen. I think now it's going to happen. But now I've kind of like, I'm choosing my path. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm saying, I don't know if I can say it. I don't know. Okay, we'll if you are, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's so difficult yeah. not to say. Um, I'm not saying if you, I'm done with you. No, because mm. I think that's when people do that, that's become, becoming an ego thing, and you're not self driving yourself mm. that, babes, this is Casper Nuvez. Mm. Like, we're not the same. Yeah. And I, I'm okay with that. Mm. But I do feel that in order for me to grow and be Nadia Nakai next to a Casper Nuvez, mm. I do need to kind of deviate my path a bit. I, I think it's so wonderful that you acknowledge the earning of stripes because yeah. I think it's something that it miss, it's, it's missing hugely right now yeah. um, in our industry that yeah. people feel like I don't have to earn my stripes I am great I'm not even a car yeah, try, try it try yeah. it you know, we do that and we forget the importance of earning the stripes because it's mm. in earning your stripe where you morph into this beast that you really truly believe that you will be 100% and yeah. that's what I was saying earlier that I walk into rooms not saying I know everything I walk mm. into rooms because I'm continuously trying to learn 
and I'll continuously learn from the people that I work with every single day, not even just Casper, but the people I collaborate with that are outside Family Tree that are amazing in their own rights, mm. you know. I mean, I recently did um, the Bride Show with AKA, which yeah. caused a lot of controversy yeah, and conversation. We're, 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 I mean, I'm sure people were wondering. Yeah, like what's going on. <laughs> but that was the thing of because I want to be able to learn from everybody and I want to be able to people to know that when I'm in situations that might be the ops, know that... I mean, I have integrity, I have character. Mm -hmm. I'm not a person that's going to disrespect someone that's important to me just because I'm in the enemy's camp mm -hmm. or whatever the case is, and vice versa. And I think there's a lot of... I'm, I'm, and I'm at a stage where I'm trying to learn from everybody mm -hmm. and I'm trying to milk things from everybody yeah. because I want to become a huge entity. Yeah, and I think it's crazy that we constantly... Um, want the people we hate to be hated. Mm. I think for me that is the most crazy because I don't know you until I know you. Mm. So if I don't know you mm. and Cheryl hates you, mm. that is your relationship with Shares. Yeah. I will have a different relationship to you. If at the down the road I feel like, okay, Cheryl was right, like Nadia is kind of a bee, yeah. then it's fine because I've experienced you. Yeah. We have to give ourselves the opportunity to experience people, draw our own conclusion when it yeah. comes to people, especially in an industry where it's so clicky. Our industry is so clicky. It is very clicky. Yes, we yeah. click. This one is that one. This one is that one. Yeah. And you are like, but what are we all pushing? Mm. You know, what are, what are we all pushing? So what's next? You've got Gen Z. How, tell me about Gen Z. Gen Z is super exciting. So yeah. it's a new um, lifestyle shows so yeah. people misunderstand it's not just music we talk about um, entertainment we talk about music we talk about um, money relationships sex it's, it's literally all-encompassing the lifestyle and the culture of Gen Z it's on channel O. it is every Thursday at 6 p.m. Mm. Um, my co-host is Tato Tato is an amazing young Gen Z presenter yeah. he's also from your TV he's 20 years old we work very well together because I'm a millennial so the reason why they got me on the show is because most a lot of Gen Zers are looking up to the millennial grade mm. because we're the ones that really, you know, we push the doors. You are moved. We are moving. Yeah, you didn't joke. Hundred yeah, percent. So coming in, in my perspective, that's been through it and is seeing the new age come through. Having my perspective on things is very important, but also having Tato, who is part of Gen Z, yeah. is mu is much more important. Yeah. And um, we work very well together. Um, yeah. So it's it's really really dope. It's exciting. I can't wait for everybody to really catch on because the first episode aired last week. This is the second episode and people really need to get into it because it's fresh new content. I feel like the last time we had a show that had this much energy and spice and, and rawness is Wuzu. And mm. Wuzu's gone now. So definitely Gen Z is, is definitely that vibe. Um, I know that you do plan to record uh, new music. I mean, I think yeah. there would be a petition against you if you did not record <laughs> I, I, I genuinely feel that no? way. But um, what is on the horizon when it comes to the music spectrum of things? So I am recording. I'm just not sure if I'm going to release this yeah. year. But I am recording. I'm working on an EP. Um, it might become an album because Nadia Naked was actually supposed to be an EP and it became an album. So <laughs> I don't know. Why an EP though? I always ask myself if you've just, that's not just, you dropped uh, Nadia Naked in 2019. Yeah. So why would you need an EP like an EP is an, an EP. Mm -hmm. An EP is easier to work on. Mm. An EP is something that obviously there's thought behind it, but it's not as much in-depth thought as an album because you really have to find a golden string it's with less the songs. Stressful, yeah. It's it's a lot more stressful, a lot more intrinsic. It's working on the album was the most depressed I was in my life because yeah. it took two years. It's back and forth with producers and executive producers and and the label and yo, it's the worst <laughs> and writers and 
Yes, sis. It's, working on an album takes a lot. You actually have to. That's why when you say album mode, don't call me because I have problems. <laughs> I'm, I'm going through so much. I'm going through a lot. What are you going through? Yeah, I no. I am working on an album. Uh, I'm going please, through the understand. most. <laughs> That's why you see like Nancy C. Whoever will say album mode because you must understand. Don't call me. Don't call me. Because it's very. Woo, I don't know how many <laughs> boot camps I did. About three boot camps. Yo, that's bad. Hey, guys, we don't understand working on an album. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, so an EP is a lot easier. You can just put like a couple of your favorite songs. You want to give people a taste of what you mm. might be working on on the album, put it together and can get it out there. It's a lot quicker to do yeah. unless they're strenuous on your mental health. <laughs> <laughs> and that's important. For you to yeah. keep going, you need So you are recording, you are recording. hoping to put something out, just not sure if it's 2021. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's 2021. I'm, I'm really, I'd love it to be 2021. Mm. I hope the vaccine, everybody gets it and that means COVID is gone and we yeah. will go back to normal. But I have a feeling it might be in another year. I'm yeah. not sure what year that might be. Any any audiovisuals that we must be looking forward to? Yeah. At least during COVID? Because, I mean, you're the screen girl now. Yes. So I'm assuming that the, those things might come out. No, those still come out. Because, yeah. I mean, you don't need me to be on stage to yeah. consume that. So Practice is the new video that I just shot in Ghana with Vic Mensa, yeah. who signed to Rock Nation. But he's originally from Ghana. So he was there and I flew out. That was an amazing experience. Yeah. I used a Ghanaian production company for the first time ever also because for the eight years I've been in the game, I've used one production company in South Africa. Mm. And even when I was shot in Bali, I flew them out. So this yeah. time was a very nice change because I actually found a production company in Ghana and worked with them. Amazing. Um, so that'll be coming out pretty soon. And then I'm going to be shooting for... Okay, I can't tell you. I'll tell you. Why? Okay. Tell me. No, because no. No, but tell me. What are you shooting? Tell me what I'm out. Uh, I'm shooting uh, for creatures. Ah, yes! <laughs> it's yeah. been so long of a journey. Yeah. I, when I listened to that album, I literally said... I don't know why this girl did not drop this song first. I know. This is the best song. I mean, yeah. I think that was also what was so wonderful about um, Nadia Naked is that it had so many different waves. Yeah. You know, there was a bit of that for everybody. So you liked a bit of trap and a bit of a noisy stuff that's there. And then you liked a bit more quieter. Yeah. Even though Pacey, it's still there. Yeah. So I found it a very whole project. Thank it, you. it was very holistic. And I think if that that is definitely your first project then yeah thank you you, you said the bar too half so i, I know you can understand why <laughs> i know i did it why you would go quicker <laughs> okay. I, I really why you you'd go there yeah like a crazy woman i get it i get it but how was it working on that i mean yes you used yeah. um one production company like you said but how was it how was it now over that two years now you're seeing this project is coming out the reception and you even have the balls to not drop a deluxe yeah because the reception had been so amazing yeah. for the actual project um it's dope because i mean from the project i got my first gold plaque which is for more drugs which is so exciting yeah and i realized i also learned a lot about my fans is that they don't i used to think my fans just want club bangers yeah i used to go into students say i only yeah. work in club bangers i used to say i don't do emotional shit yeah. i mean stuff <laughs> i don't do emotional songs or whatever then i realized when i unpacked what was what i was going through on more drugs and creatures mm. excuse me those two have definitely become favorites yeah with the people that listen to my music and i realized they want so much more from you. So mm. there's a big learning curve. And also the fact that um, the reason why I haven't shot so many videos for it because the pandemic happened. Because mm. I mean, before we came out, I dropped the Nami music video. I dropped the Amma Boss video. video yeah. And then I dropped the Amai video. So I, I was on that trajectory yeah. to carry on. And then March, 2020, yeah. 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 then March 2020 came through and we all got shut down. And yeah. it became so demotivating. And, and it definitely 
stumbled my hustle when it comes to the album. So there's two more music videos from the album that I want to shoot was for um, Chankura, hopefully, yeah. and Creatures. And then um, from there, then I think I'm going to just focus on the new music because now it's, it's becoming a thing of the music feels a bit dated for yeah. me. I'm no longer in that space anymore. Mm. And when you look um, at the collaborations you've had and you are now envisioning your next project, yeah. what is the feel? What would you like, even from a collaborative perspective? And I mean, you can talk genre, not specifically people. Yeah. Um, but what what is your... What's your vision telling you? What's like that third eye saying? This is what the next um, Nadia yeah. Minkert would, 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 would be. It's definitely Africa. Yeah. It's definitely Africa. Because yeah. I've been traveling. The nice thing about also um, being so quiet and not having so many gigs is I've been able to travel in Africa. Being in Ghana, I worked with so many artists there. I was so unlocked to the Ghanaian drill scene because it's really big. Mm. Um, I'm going to Tanzania now at the end of the month, so I want to be able to link up with this fine man. Ah! Bring it over! But he's married. Ah, what a boy! Why are you I telling know. me things that are boring? But I want to get into studio with him. Diamond <laughs> Platinum. That man is so fun. Shut up, Bobby. Yeah. Telling me about marrying man. Yeah, oh, I know. Whatever. But what I'm saying is like, like I want each song to be having a feature from an African country that I did in that African country. Mm. So the nice thing about with Ghana, I've got a song with Stoneboy. Mm. Super amazing, beautiful yeah. song. So when I go to Tanzania, I want to have a song with Diamond Platinum. So if I yeah. go to Kenya, I want to have a song with Prezo. If I, like, there's so many people that I really want to work with, from, but I want to be in their country working yeah. on that song. So that you can get that essence cultured and, and yes. essence into, you know, 100%. get almost inducted and drawn into their own spaces. 100%, yeah? yeah. Sure. Do you ever think of being a producer or diversifying to that part? No. no? I th I've got too much stuff on my plate. Now I'm going to sit down and produce beats. Yo, I know it. <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. No. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Why is it for you? No, no, no. It never intrigues you that no, much. No, it's not, it's not exciting for me. And also, yeah. I don't like doing things for a long period of time. <laughs> so now I have to be sitting here going, what's the, what's the drum beat? What's the BPM? And killing yourself the with the fact that you don't like it. I know. Mm -mm. I have no, like, uh, uh. Yeah. It's fine for the producers to be doing that. I'm yeah. Not me. I'm okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. And uh, I know that you've spoken about it, about relationships gone bad and all of that. Does that influence your music as much as, you know, a lot of musicians, <laughs> every time Adele goes through something, people are like, Yo, yeah, yeah, the album. album is coming. Yes. You know, does that influence you that yeah. greatly? It does. Ever since when I actually unpacked it on Nadia Naked. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%, but the problem is, is I can't record while I'm going through the heartbreak or the turmoil or whatever. I have to get over it's it. It's still trauma then. It's still traumatic, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I can't think straight. I can't, yeah. I can't write properly. I'm a complete and dire mess. I have to really shut down and reset and then come back up and then I can do it. It's like more drugs. Mm. I didn't write that song while I was while going, through, going it. through that. I'd yeah. already gone over it and I was fine. Yeah. And then I reflected and then I was able to write with a yeah. cognizant mind. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely getting to that place of healing. There's a lot of um, stuff that I've started now, like therapy. Mm. Um, I'm consulting with a spiritual um, energy reader that's also assisting with me being able to cut soul ties with certain people and aid towards my actual personal well-being and, and healing process. And I think I'll soon be able to get back into recording fully full mode and, yeah. and be able to unpack those stories with a lighter heart yeah do, do were you always spiritual because yeah i mean i know i mean i was so silly even when i see even when i, I used to travel by taxi so this is like fifty-five thousand years ago okay? yeah when i see a sangomo a healer in the taxi i already feel naked oh i'm like yo this 
woman yeah. must not get in my head. Yeah. Don't get in my don't space. Read me, don't read don't me. Don't read me. Don't read me. You know. So I always had this apprehension around spiritual people because yeah. I always felt like I'm so sorry. I think that's me. Is that you? My bad. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm so sorry. Let me put it on silent. Is it me? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, relax. Okay, big. Uh, Ow, Mark. I want our Not a chance. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think we are at about thirty. Um. So yeah. Um. Were you always that girl who? Who could connect with them? Because I think for, for for a long period of my life, yeah. I would always run or shy away from them. Yeah. Because I I am very closed. Yeah. So I felt like, hi, you can't be yeah. seeing me through yeah. those lenses. Um, I'm definitely not spiritual in that sense. I, I didn't grow up um, with the Sangoma lifestyle or the traditional healer lifestyle. Or mediums or, or, mediums or anything yeah. like that. So I'm not accustomed to stuff like that. Um, even with Christianity, I also didn't grow up in a very strict Christian home. My home was very liberal, mm. and um, but I am talking about spirituality with God and mm. this um, healer that's trying to get rid of my bad energies Baggage. and my blockages is through God. So it's like it's not a healer. She's Indian, so she's talking about like my chakras. She's talking mm. about my universe. She's talking mm. about what I'm taking, what I'm putting out there, and stuff like that, which is where I'm more at. I'm more about. God and my Christian spirituality and the universe and how I can serve the universe and the okay. universe serving me. Okay, so, so yeah. that, that, that is now your angle. That's what you've grown into. Yeah. Yeah, with the, with the little spirituality aspects of your yes. life that you've picked up throughout life. Yes. Yeah, and it's working out? It is you, working you, out. You, you like the conversation? You like what that brings out in you? Yeah, I think so. I think because I've always seen the universe as... as an ally that has served me for the longest time. Sure. A lot of my accomplishments is because I said it with my mouth and it went out there and I, I was able to attain it because I said it. Mm. You know, so I've, I'm a strong believer in the universe and how you serve the universe and the universe will serve you back. I'm very big on that stuff. I'm not a person that's lighting up incense and candles and whatever at my house, meditating, but I want to get into that now yeah. because I feel like that's the next level of focusing. Dude, that thing is my hard. thoughts. Yeah, I know. meditating is a shutting your brain down. But apparently, it's actually not about shutting your brain down. It's about if a thought passes, holding on to it for a few seconds and letting that thought pass. So it's not uh -huh. about being completely thinking about nothing. Silent. And it's not about dragging out the thought. It's about if the thought comes, let it come, but then let it pass. Okay. And then let it come and then let it pass. Don't hold on and unpack it. Yeah. And don't try to think of absolutely nothing. We're not Buddhas. Yeah, you know? no, because I've tried and I fall asleep and I'm like, oh, oh guys, mid-meditation, yeah. then I'm asleep. Okay. No, but it helps a lot with anxiety, with anxiety, anxiety especially yeah. like when my heart beats to a point where I feel like I am about to faint. Me sitting down and meditating and breathing, forcing my breathing helps a lot with calming down my heart rate. Yeah. Because I literally feel like my heart's about to jump out of my chest <laughs> over thoughts that mm. I'm creating in my head, yeah. you know? So I'm I'm big on that kind of kind of mental yeah. health aspect. Oh my! Listen, we just wanted to get you here, yeah, um, yeah. so that we can catch up with you. Um, so big things to come. Yeah, you know, there's 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 a lot that we will expect from you. So I don't expect you to be a stranger no. in this in this world. <laughs> so well done for all your. I think Gen Z is looking amazing. I loved the Naked Room. I really Thank did. You. So I can't wait to see what your album EP, whatever project comes, yeah. um, looks like. But and just see what you become. You know, in the entertainment space because yeah. I think you've now passed. Um, the, the the title musician or rapper, you know, yeah. you've done other things, so I can't just.
term you. Ah, let a naked the rapper, no. It's, 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 it's way beyond more, that. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's way beyond Thank that you. now. So, yeah. Thanks well so done. Much. Keep shining. And let's see what you do next. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Fantastic. <laughs> Elite Nights with Komoto Miso. Every Friday and Saturday from 6 to 9 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.